Okay, I'll say it nicely. Okay, if you can deal with the message emotionally, you deal with the word of righteousness emotionally, it's a sign of maturity. Okay, just said the same thing the other way around. <laughs> so, here's the thing that God speaks to your spirit. So, a lot of people say, Yeah, but the Lord told me, or the Lord said to me, I feel the Lord say, I say, Show me, show me in your Bible. Otherwise, it becomes a free for all. Thumbs up. Yeah, I feel the Lord say to me, oh. You know, I was walking on the beach. And you know, the waves crashed and it splashed up. And the Lord spoke to me about my life is going to just explode. Hey, my brother, that's your imagination. I also want some of that stuff you smoking. Okay. <laughs> Somebody laughs at that. <laughs> like, and he gives that like a laugh. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was listening to a guy called Kubis van Rensburg Jr. And he said the Lord spoke to him from Psalm 23. Now, who's read Psalm 23? Who's read it a million times? <laughs> okay. Who can quote it backwards? And everybody knows Psalm 23. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he leads me to green pastures. And he says, the Lord spoke to me. He says, stop looking for your own green pastures. Can you see where God speaks? As he suddenly brings something to the table that I've never seen because I've read that passage over and over and over. And I saw my hear the anointing of the Lord there. Wilco, stop trying to kick down every door. Stop trying to find your own green pastures. Your shepherd will lead you there. Amen. You understand that? Okay, so when somebody says, the Lord spoke to me, just like, show me where. Face me. Otherwise, no, the Lord didn't speak to you. It's a figment of your imagination. It's thumb suck, whatever. Don't tell me you're a mature Christian, because then I'm going to tell you, can you deal with the word of righteousness that says, show me? Oh, I can't deal. I'm not going to submit to anybody. Oh, da come the baba. Da come the baba. They took a slaffire. We have to change the nappy. Now, those paintings against the wall. Tani Joy Heineke. Tani Joy, if you listen, she listens to our sermon every now. Thank you so much. It's such a blessing. Now, those are for sale. The price is on the back, and they are, it's a proper artist that made that, so it's, it doesn't come cheap. Okay, they are for sale, except the one of the little house that was given to me personally. Okay, now she, I went to visit her. She's 76, 70 something like that. I go to her, and she invites me into her studio. And I go into this studio, art studio, it's probably the size of this church where she's painting, doing her paintings. And she walks up to this book, and I don't know if you're from the movies, this thing, you know those spell books, those leather-bound spell with the little string that, who's seen books like that before? I don't know where she gets it, but it's this size. It's really big. And she opens this book. And she says, the Lord has spoken to me about clouds. Let me show you. Scripture after Scripture, five meanings. I can remember two or three of them. Clouds represent the protection of God because that cloud came between Israel and the pursuing Egyptians. Cloud direction because it was protection. The glory of God is manifested in clouds. The Lord spoke to me, show me. Do you understand that? The same principle. You'll open your Bibles. 
in Hebrews. We're going to start in Hebrews this morning. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Now I want to ask you this morning, who's seeking the Lord? Who of you seeks the Lord? Who's seeking? Just put up your hand. Who's really seeking the Lord? Stick your hand up. There's a couple of people that are honest. They're not seeking. <laughs> uh, they're not seeking. They're honest. They don't put up their hands. Okay. Listen to what this is. Oh, what is going on there? Just put, uh, Scholar, just go to the, the video clip that we're going to play now. Now, Just push pause on that. That's playing in the background. We'll get that sorted out. Have you got it? Thank you. All right. Let me read it to you. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. To please Him, it's a capital H. To please Jesus, to please the Lord. God our Father. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. Do you seek the Lord? Show me. Show me. Show me like Auntie Joyce shows me the Lord spoke to her. Show me that you are seeking the Lord diligently. Now all the ladies are going to understand what I'm saying now. I know it. I know it. Okay? I know it. Don't laugh too loud, but you can pump. Okay? Ladies, can we just practice that? Thomas, just, just pump. Husband side. Just pump. Let me see. Husband side. No, no. Hus husband side. Yeah, but pump. Husband side. I say. I say. Pump. Pump, pump. All right. How many times have you told your husband to go find something somewhere and it comes back and he didn't find it? <laughs> How many times have you done that? Huh? Pump, pump. Pump, pump. Diligently seek. So yesterday I tell my son, listen, my boy, go get me the broom and the scoppy in the kitchen. Go get it for me. Come back. He comes back a couple of minutes later with the broom only. And like the mature Christian I am, I didn't lose my temper. I didn't go red in the face at all. And I did not threaten him to come back with a scoopy. <laughs> so he turns around, lo and behold, he comes back with the scoopy. Why? The first time he didn't diligently seek, he just, oh, here's the broom. Oh, can't find the scoopy. The scoopy is lying next to the broom on the ground. <laughs> But I'm a mature, mature Christian. My flesh does not stand up. It's all under control. <laughs> all, just ask my wife. Hmm? I never go too bar. <laughs> all the gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about? They're too bar. <laughs> okay. The kid doesn't go too bar. He does a four bar. <laughs> all right. So, see, when you diligently seek the Lord, show me. Show me where you are seeking the Lord. Show me your prayer book. Show me what you're writing down. Show me the scriptures that are jumping. Show me that you are diligently. Do you know why people don't seek the Lord? Because they don't believe He's a rewarder. They don't believe God wants to reward. That's His heart. Not that we should seek Him for His gift. That's using. Do you understand that? If somebody just wants to go with you because you've got a gun, you can shoot and you can teach them how to shoot. Okay, and they're gonna, but they never want to get to know who you are. How long are you gonna take them along? Once, twice. After that, you don't even tell them. You don't even tell them you're going shooting. Why? Because they don't want to get to know you. All they want is what you can give them, what you can get from them. 
God is a reward of those that seek Him. Diligently seek Him. His way. His heart. What's on His mind? What is, what is turning in God's heart? You diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder. People don't seek Him because they don't understand He's a rewarder. So first of all, in this scripture says, you must believe that God is. That takes faith. You can't come to God without faith. Oh, well, I'll work it out logically. God doesn't make sense to me logically. No, He won't make sense to you logically because you need faith. All right? And you need less faith to believe in God than you need to believe in evolution. And just by the way, you need less faith to believe that some alien planted a spore on space and that spore made it some way to earth. It takes a whole bucket load of faith. <laughs> to believe in God takes a mustard seed faith. Just look at the creation. Look what he's done. Look in the mirror and you see God's fingerprints all over you. Amen. Okay? So then it says, you come to him, you believe that he exists, you need to diligently seek him. And he has a reward for you. That reward is not one day in the kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. One day, oh, man. No, no, no. It's for now. The kingdom of God is when and where? Now. Now you can enter into the kingdom of God. If you can't see the kingdom of God, the Bible says you're not born again. Because you cannot see the, God, the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So if it still doesn't make sense to you to tithe, and you can't see God's kingdom in that, you need to come and speak to me so we can get you born again. If you still can't see that God wants to be involved, and He knows you by name, and He knows how many hairs on your head, you need to come speak to me. So we can get you saved so that you can see the kingdom of God. If you still just want, want, want. Okay. What can I get, get, get? You're not seeing the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But how does that make sense? Well, it doesn't make sense until you start practicing and start seeing the kingdom of God by giving. By giving. By relinquishing authority. By relinquishing. It's not my house. It's your house, Lord. It's not my car. It's your car. It's not my business. It's your business. It's not my finances. your finances. The minute you see that, if you are still walking in habitual sin and that you can't beat it, you need to come speak to me because you're not born again. The Bible says in 1 John that those who are born again stop sinning. End of story. There's no negating around that. Sin will dry up in your life when you get saved. All right? So when I was unsaved, I can't wait for Wednesday night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Every day is a party day. I can't wait for the next spliff, the next joint, the next dope. I can't wait for the next mossy. You know? Anyone understand what I'm saying? All the mature people know what I'm saying. Can't wait. And I'll never have regret. The only regret you have is, oh, this Baba loss. I'm never going to drink again. Eh? All right. And then I got saved. Guess what? Now I no longer want to drink. And I no longer look out for and I, it just starts drying up. And then suddenly I stop lying and I stop swearing and I stop using people. Okay? And I'm getting better and better and better in my temper. Uh, sin dries up when you get saved. Do you understand that? 
If you are truly saved, the Spirit of God comes in you. The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of victory, that you are no longer a weakling. You are endowed with power. Who is he who overcomes the world? 1 John 5. He who believes that Jesus is the Lord. Even he, this is our faith, is he that overcomes the world, overcomes the nature of sin in us. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. We all know there's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the desires of the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, For they are no longer subject to the law of sin and death, but subject to the Spirit of life. And suddenly you start living. You start really living. Not just existing, going from living for Fridays. Alright, so God is a rewarder. Now, do you seek Him? Do you seek Him? Show me. Alright, let's go. Matthew 20, verse 29. Now they went out of Jericho, and a great multitude followed Him. You know when I read a great multitude, what I read? The lost. Narrow is the way, and few are they that find it, that leads to eternal life. But broad is the way, and many are in that, that leads to destruction. Not everybody that walks after Jesus is saved. Not everybody that, they are fans. They're not followers, Dante Dalin Bosman. All right. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Two blind men sitting next to the road, waiting for Jesus. That seems diligent to me. That's seeking Him. They're blind. They positioned themselves in a place where Jesus is going to be. And they're waiting for them. And then they start crying out. And I want to show you what the multitude does. What people in your life is doing right now. Right now, people are doing it. Your family is doing this right now. The friends at work are doing this right now. Your social circle is doing this right now. I guarantee you and I'll give you a letter. Listen. The multitude warned them that they should be quiet. Stop talking about Jesus. You're Jesus freak. I'm sick and tired of hearing about your Jesus and your church. Your friends are doing that. Your family is doing that. Right. That's what the multitude do. Not everybody that walks after these nice values, the fan of Jesus. Yay, Jesus. Jesus was a nice guy. Jesus was a prophet. Not everyone is saved. They're not there to get you somewhere. You need to diligently seek the Lord. And you need to get to the place where these blind men are. Listen to what these blind men say. But they cried out all the more. The blind men said, I don't care about my social popularity anymore. I don't care about fitting into your social group anymore. This blind man is saying, I don't care if you call me a Bible puncher. I don't care if you call me Yelopmeri Bible Honorary Aram. You got the Bible. At least it's not the scope. And I'm not talking about the horoscope. See, these blind people come to the place where they say, I will offend you, but I will love my Lord. And I will cry out to Him. I woke up, you've got to say it nice. Well, these blind men are blind. They're not even caring. 
All they want is that God is a rewarder of those that seek Him. And there's not one person here that can give me salvation. There's not one person here that can set me free or heal me. Only Jesus can. And of all the multitudes of people that you know, not one of them can give you salvation. Never mind a hundred bucks. Your car breaks down on the road all the way to Timbuktu. Who do you find? Your best friend. Can you see? But we're so concerned about what society thinks and our social groups and families think of us. But they can't give me salvation. They can't even take away my headache. They can't. These blind men realize this. And you know what they say? Oh, we will cry out the more. We will cry out harder to Christ. Because He can. Before the rocks cry out. Because the Bible, you know in Pretoria the rocks are crying out. Did you know that? The rocks are crying out, Jesus is Lord in Pretoria. The mountains are painted, Jesus is Lord with big rocks. Those rocks are crying out. Because the people are not. Amen. I'm enjoying this. Are you guys enjoying this? I am. I am. Donkey Jesus. The multitudes warned him that he should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. These blind people acknowledge Jesus as Lord. They're not just fans of Jesus. You see, I want you to go into a conversation and understand this. We've got hindsight. They didn't have hindsight. But Jesus asked the disciples, who do those people say I am? This multitude, who do they say I am? Some say Elijah. Some say prophet. Who do you say I am? He's talking to the twelve. Peter answered, you are the son of God. The Messiah. He says, my father has revealed this to you. These blind men have, can see better than the multitudes following him. Because they're crying out, Lord, Son of David, you are the Messiah. They're blind, but they've got more vision. I'm excited this morning. Sorry if I get come over too strong. All right. But the multitude don't see it. The multitude say, well, he's a prophet. Maybe he's Elijah to come. Maybe John the Baptist. All confused. He's a nice guy. He's a good teacher. He's a nice rabbi. But the blind man can say he is Lord. You see, when you diligently seek him, he rewards. Jesus had, so, so Jesus stood still and called them. Man, that, imagine God calling you. He says, I, know, I call you by name. He knows you by name. He knows the hair on your head. He knows everything about you, your fingerprint, your voice. He knows everything. He, actually, the Word of God says that in Hebrews 4, that the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is so sharp. He cuts between the bone and the marrow, between the intents of your heart and what's going in your mind. He sees into the darkest, darkest pits of who you are. Imagine Him calling you. Come. Jesus sees 
our blindness when we don't see it. I'll tell you a story. Sat with my family the other day. And we are playing 30 seconds. Who's played 30 seconds? Okay, so it's my turn. I draw the card. And the one thing on there is friendly. It's friendly. So I put on my biggest smile and said, I am what? Yes, my son goes all over the show. Man. He goes all over the show. You, the joker. <laughs> you look cuckoos. I said, I'm friendly. I'm friendly. And my family said, well, you're not friendly. <laughs> and suddenly we're having this huge conversation for about four hours because I'm not friendly. That's what I am friendly. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, I am. I greet people friendly. I talk to them friendly. I'm friendly. It's like, no, you're not friendly. You choose when you're friendly and who you do. But I will never describe you. My own wife. <laughs> I will never describe you as friendly. So I asked my sister-in-law, you know, well, how would you describe me? And I go to my sister. She says, you're a little bit unique, eh? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's friendly. You're not friendly. And I'm convinced in my heart of hearts that I'm a friendly person. You see, there's blindness about us all, about how we are and who we are. And Jesus sees the blindness in you. And He wants to heal that. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. But are you seeking Him diligently? Show me. Why am I not? Because I don't believe God is a reward. I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe that God can still do something in my life. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus wants to call you. Jesus wants to anoint you. Jesus wants to use you. He doesn't have to use you. He can use a donkey. He can use some crows. Okay? He can use a whale. But He wants to use you. He's made you for time such as this, with gifting and purpose such as now, with a creativity that I don't have, with a personality that somebody else doesn't have, with a way to connect with people and understand people like somebody can't do it. He's made you unique in that. Amen. Do you seek Him? Show me. Show me. Where you seek Him. Show me where in your diary He is. Show me in your calendar where He's on your priority list. Or is everything else on top of your priority list? And if I have energy left, I'll go to church. And if I have energy left, I'll try and do some Bible study. I need my six hours of sleep, you know. Can't set my alarm for half an hour earlier. Noch ein bisschen slap. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want God to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you this morning? What do you want Him to do for you? What's this desire in the deep pits of your heart? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll tell you what it's in mine is. The deepest parts of your being. What is that thing that you want God to do for you? My whole existence is for one thing. I cry from the, it's the thing that I always pray, always want. It's the thing that I want God to do the most. 
is lead people. Use me to lead people, not by tens and fifties and hundreds, but by thousands to the Lord. You see, the Word of God says the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are faulty. Okay? I want God to use me. This scripture that I pray, Psalm says, ask of me the nations as your inheritance. I pray, Lord, give me the nations. Not for me. Oh, I want to be big. I want to be past. I want to be... People are dying and going to hell. And that is not something you would wish on your worst enemy. You will call them a people that you don't know. And they will come from all the wind directions and hear you. What's the desire? What's the thing that you want from God? Lord, use me to lead people to you. To get people truly saved. Truly saved. Not sit in the pew and soothe their conscience. That don't diligently seek the Lord. But a people that seeks God. That is hungry for the King of Kings. That's hungry for His right. That want holiness in their life. That seeks. That wants the presence and the power of God. And there's a price to pay. But He is a rewarder of those who seek Him diligently. What do you want Him to do for you? Start seeking Him. Seek Him diligently. Show me. Diarize it. Prioritize it. Stop making excuses. I'm preaching to myself. And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So that he, Jesus had compassion, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. You see, there's a blindness that all of us have. There's a sickness that some of us have. God wants to heal. God still heals today. I'm going to play you a clip. It's the most, in I think 40 years of James Dobson, Focus on the Family, it's the most listened to broadcast that, is, that he's had on. It's about a pastor that also sings. And a pastor got sick. He got some serious infection in his throat. And um, it never healed. It never healed. His voice went croaky. Okay. For years. He had to stand down as lead pastor of the church. Okay. He had to stand down. He's calling. He had to leave it. Because he can't speak. And then one Sunday they asked him to teach in their senior class for the kids. To speak. And they said, but they're not going to hear me. They said, well, we'll put a mic and we'll mic it real, up real loud and we'll listen carefully. We want you to do this. And actually, they just wanted to give him an opportunity because they knew how much passion he has for ministry. Now, this is the recording on him teaching that Jesus doesn't always heal. All right? This is him saying, I don't agree with certain pastors and way of looking that Jesus always heals. I disagree with him. I think he might be disagreeing with himself right now. Okay, let's play that. Thank you. 
So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, yeah, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> I'm uh, Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I He redeems my life from the pit. <laughs> And crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things.
So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is. Okay, can you hear me? All right. So, God heals today. He doesn't stop. He has never stopped. These blind men seek Him. That's what they wanted. What do you want Him to do for you? This year, what's this thing in your heart that you want God to do for you? I want you to know that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Not just walk after Him. Not become fans of Jesus, but followers of Jesus that walk the way He walks, talks the way He talks, that stands for His kingdom. And the number one thing in God's agenda is souls. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that He died on the cross so that we would not perish, but either have everlasting life. Once you start seeking God, He'll give you a heart for the lost. He'll give you a heart. Show me that you're seeking Him. What do you want Him to do for you this morning? What do you want Him to do? There where you are, I just want you to close your eyes, please. If you want God to do something for you, I want you to just put up your hand. Everybody's eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. Just put up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, you can put down your hand now. These blind men didn't care who saw them. All they knew is that they want Jesus to do something for them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this morning we can come to you and we seek you. You, Lord, you know each person's desire. I see people that want to fall pregnant. Lord, show me there's people that want to fall pregnant. Just ask him. So ask him for a child. So, Father, please give us a child. You and your missus go, whoever that is, I don't know who it is, you go home. And you go pray. You say, Father, this is what I want you to do for us, to give us a child. Father, thank you that you know our hearts, that, you're, that you see into our hearts the desires of our hearts. Lord, I don't know, but you know. Father, and I know that you want to give this morning. I want to release that in the Spirit. Just release that in the Spirit. To open that door, Lord. That they hear with their hearts, that they hear with their spirit, that you want to do it for them. That they might have faith to come to you and seek you for it. In Jesus' name.
I want to ask you this morning, a question I always ask. This morning, there where you are, if you are uncertain about your eternal destiny, if you had to pass away right now, and you don't know that you're going to heaven, will you put up your hand? All the eyes are closed. All eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. If you are uncertain of your salvation this morning, will you just put up your hand? I'm not going to make you come to the front. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What we do in this house is we pray together as a family. John 1.12 says, that as many as received Him, Jesus, to them He gave the right to be called children of God. This morning, if you want to be saved, I want you to hear Him knock at your heart. And I want you to say, I open up and receive you in. And we're going to pray that together. Dear Lord Jesus, I hear you knocking at my heart. And I choose my free will, my free will. To, open to open the door of my heart and receive you, and receive you as, my Lord, as my Lord, as my Savior, my, Savior, my, Redeemer, my Redeemer, and my God, and my God. Into, my into my heart. I believe, I believe Jesus, that you died on a cross, cross. in my place. That you went to hell in my place. But you got up. You are alive. I believe Jesus that you are Lord. Thank you. For saving me right now. Thank you for writing my name. In the palm of your hands and in the book of, your, of life. Thank you, that from today on, the 7th of January 24, I am known as a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Come baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. I want to function in your gifts. I want to stand for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Is that the first time you've prayed that or you've prayed that and you felt something happen in your heart? Just, just look at me. Just look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Just look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Father, we thank you for four souls this morning. Lord, on our mandate for a thousand, we've done four this morning. We give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand up. I want to bless you before we go out. Please, would you be upstanding on your feet? I want to bless you. Be in a receiving mode, hands open. Sorry, our service have been a bit longer. That's a bit of the vision in the beginning. Eh? You all okay? You all still here? Still awake? Okay, I see one or two people falling asleep. That's not because I'm boring. Okay. Father, I thank you so much for your presence this morning, Lord. 
and as ambassador, your word says we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, as ambassador of kingdom of heaven. I come now and I bless this congregation. I bless this, your children, Lord, with open eyes. The eyes of their heart opened in Jesus' name. I bless them, Lord, with the call on their lives that you have. Lord, and I bless them with a diligent spirit to seek you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys.